Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Dr. Gina Primetime. What you guys need to see that you can't see, what the reason I'm always laughing when the show starts is because producer Jason stands behind the camera and dances to the open. And it's a different dance every single night. But trust me, one of these nights I'm going to catch him. And we might just play that for you. Anyway, today, today, I had a phone conversation with someone that I love very much and to whom I am very close. And apparently, they must not watch this show enough because they asked me the oddest of questions. He asked me, where is all the evidence of vote fraud? He said, why hasn't Team Trump produced any evidence? And he said, have you read the legal cases? I couldn't believe my ears other than video footage, data analysis, affidavits signed by hundreds of witnesses, statistical impossibilities, whistleblowers, eyewitness testimonies, suitcases full of ballots, truckloads full of ballots being taken across state lines. Other than that, I guess there's not much evidence. We don't usually put evidence in, you know, in, in the initial court cases when they when they bring them right those those usually come a little later um, you know as the cases progress so anyway I'm going to bring in just in honor of that conversation a member of Trump's legal team tonight on this show to give us even more evidence in hopes that my friend who I love very much is watching so stick around for that a little later on in the show I know I'm merciless to people when they ask me just an innocent question look, look what it did anyway we're also going to talk to Senator Marsha Blackburn straight off the floor tonight about how she and her fellow senators plan to hold on to the Senate seats in Georgia but first I'm going to head around the world with our amazing team of hosts and correspondents on the ground let's go to Denver first to Jessica Rivera who always has something mind-blowing to share and she really does Jessica can't wait to hear what you have for us tonight well Dr. Gina California Republican Representative Eric Swalwell who sits on the Committee of Intelligence allegedly which everyone has heard of had a relationship with a Chinese spy Christine Fang this information came out a week ago yet the mainstream media doesn't see a reason to cover the story but they were all over Swalwell's accusations of President Trump being a Russian agent in 2019 with no tangible evidence. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi came out the day after the Axios investigative story broke saying she has no concerns of Swalwell and is uh, very confident in his ability to serve on the Intel Committee. But why won't the mainstream media give the story any attention? Could it be that they don't want to make any waves with the Chinese Communist Party? Some believe so, but here's the story. According to the investigation, Fain came to the USA as a student in 2011 to the Bay Area of California. In 2013, she moved her way into the Bay Area's political arena. Throughout her time in the US, Fang is said to have had regular contact with a Chinese government employee at the Bay Area consulate. And Fang's process, she was targeting up and coming politicians who could possibly rise to national power. How did she do this though? She was believed to have gathered information on politicians 
their staff, and the people that surrounded them. This was to create what are known as targeting packages or information files on how the person could be influenced, such as do they need money? Do they have certain addictions? Basically, the person's Achilles heel, you could say. And Axios found that Swalwell ended up being one of the politicians, uh, one of the politicians that Fang targeted. In 2015, federal investigators gave Swalwell a briefing that clearly stated their concerns with Fang, her activities, and her ties to the Chinese government. Shortly after the briefing, Swalwell cut off his relationship with Fang very quickly, and she left the country. But still, with all of this information, the mainstream media and the speaker continue to turn a blind eye onto looking into the possibility a high-ranking U.S. politician who has access to our nation's most top-secret information may have actually been swindled by a Chinese spy. And Dr. Gina, as of this airing, Fang has not been heard from, and Swalwell has declined to comment on the matter. Unbelievable, Jessica. <laughs> Always an adventure uh, with, with uh, that Swalwell story. And so uh, we'll keep listening, and thank you for keeping us posted on that. Let's head over to Washington, D.C., where Carrie Sheffield is standing by. Carrie, what do you have for us tonight? Hey there, Dr. Gina. Well, there's only one way to describe what Laura Trump just had, a drop the mic moment. Let's first take this, a look at this clip from CNN. He did not call the partial travel bans from China and Europe. Politically correct. Soft Joe Biden would have shut down travel to China, especially now we know, we know it's been very lucrative for Joe Biden and his family, China. This president has done everything every step of the way. It was a novel virus that so you heard there, Eric, uh, Laura Trump, the wife of Eric Trump, who was very upset about the travel ban. And she also mentioned, you can see um, the travel ban, uh, but in particular, the issue of China. He, she says that Biden would have been soft on China because of Hunter Biden's, the Biden family's ties. Uh, and Jake Tapper says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So this clip was before the election. Flash forward now to December 9th. Jack Tapper is singing a different tune. He tweets out an article from CNN reporters. Federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden focuses on his business dealings in China. Laura Trump replies, and she says, glad you finally figured out what that means. So there you have Laura Trump having the last word against Jake Tapper, who was going after her for bringing up the Hunter Biden allegations. And we know now that there is a government investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. This was something that were, was reported by the New York Post. It was censored by Twitter. And now you have the mainstream media dropping on the bandwagon, finally. Um, and you have Laura Trump taking notice. So, Dr. Gina, we thought you would find that interesting. Back to you. Hmm. Thanks so much, Carrie. Yes, indeed, I do. <laughs> now on to Michigan for an update on all the drama going on up there. Tudor Dixon is there. Tudor, what do you have for us today? Thank you, Dr. Gina. Well, let's talk about what happened in Michigan yesterday because we had all the electors cast their votes. Well, the Republicans were also taking their electors to the Capitol building, but they were told no one was going to be allowed in. It was on lockdown because there had been a threat that came in from Wisconsin. Now, a lot of people questioned whether this was an actual threat. They went to the police chief who said, listen, the state police work for the governor. The governor has told us that this threat exists and therefore you cannot come in. But that also meant that they were not able to deliver their votes, which they are delivering just in case some of this voter fraud stuff goes out there into the world. And there is a change made. They want to make sure that their votes are cast and that they're legitimately there. So it sounds like they may have to be delivered a different way because they weren't even allowed to deliver the envelope yesterday. They 
They were all kept out of the building by the state police. But we'll see what happens, and we'll keep you posted on what's going on in Michigan. Oh, thank you so much, Tudor. Appreciate that. Now let's head over to Georgia, where John Fredericks is standing by. John, good to see you. What's the latest in Georgia? Hey, Dr. Gina, thank you. Boy, never a dull moment here in Georgia. State Senator Greg Dalazal from Cumming, northern suburb, just uh, north of Atlanta. Uh, we've been told by the Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, that they're doing a thorough signature ch uh, check. They said they did it for the mail-in ballots for November 3rd, and they're going to do it again for the runoff on January 5th, that all the signatures are valid, and they're all checked before an absentee ballot is mailed out. Nothing to see here, right? So Republican State Senator Greg Dalzell, three days ago, mails in an application for an absentee ballot and completely mangles his signature so it looks nothing like his signature on the public record in the voter registration roll. What happens? 72 hours, three days later, he gets a ballot back. No questions asked. Well, then he tweets it out and he tweets a picture of it. He's on my show tomorrow. So Dalazo basically said, okay, so obviously there's no signature check because I got my ballot and my signatures weren't even close. David Schaefer today, chairman of the Republican Party of Georgia, said that they've recruited 4,000 volunteers and trained them in order to watch the January 5th runoff, which right now for the Republicans is at, as I've reported to you, grave risk that we lose these two seats based on everything that's going on. He comes on my, my radio show today and he says that the Secretary of State said that his 4,000 volunteers can be observing the opening of the envelopes of the mail-in ballots and how they're sorted, but they cannot observe a signature match. So what's the point of having the observers if the Secretary of State doesn't let them observe the real potential for fraud which is no SIG match. So David Schaefer is now suing him over that. There's more. There was 1.3 million mail-in ballots. I mean, the story just never stops, Gina. It's like it, 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 you, 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 you can't go 15 minutes. There was 1.3 million mail-in ballots on November 3rd. They're expecting 1.5 million mail-in ballots on January 5th. So the runoff, it's actually gone up a 10% more mail-in ballots. The Democrats have registered 80,000 voters in three weeks, never been done in history. The Secretary right. of State, Raffensperger, will not uh, give the Republicans the list of the new volunteers. Uh, it, it is an unbelievable situation. One state senator today, Senator Brandon Beach, uh, in uh, Alpharetta, where I am today, called for all of the absentee ballots to be impounded by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, taken to the World Congress Center and have the envelopes and the ballots matched with signatures and have the state police there monitoring it the entire time, open to the media and everybody else. This is how ridiculous this whole thing has become. People in Georgia don't believe that the January 5th election is gonna be any different then November 3rd. And what is the likelihood of the impounding of the ballots? Well, that's up to the governor. He's got the power to do that. 
That's what Senator Beach called for today. But this governor, Brian Kemp, has done nothing. No special session. Nothing. nothing. He's done nothing. And the problem, Gina, Dr. Gina, the problem that Purdue and Loeffler have in this race, and I've been saying this since I got here six weeks ago, talking to people on the ground, I've done 20 cities in 25 days, is that 15 to 20% of Trump voters are mad. They don't feel that Loeffler or Purdue has stood up for them. They don't feel they fought for Trump. They fought for to make their vote meaningful, and they're simply not going to turn out. And this 15 to 20 percent is now showing up in the polls. Loeffler and Purdue are hitting the panic button. The consultants in Washington, D.C. that are paid millions of dollars are totally tone deaf and clueless. They can't save them. Doesn't matter how much money they spend on TV, they're losing. And so they got to turn this around by taking some action because simply they're going to steal. The Democrats are going to steal it again. They have a they have a game plan in place the secretary of state allowed another 20 drop boxes another 20 on what authority just decided well we need 20 more that's where the fraud and is today, uh, coming and today hillary clinton called for the end of the electoral college um she's thought to be a leader in her party um and things like that will be happening pretty much often if uh if those two senators aren't elected and if the democrats uh take control so john uh, you know, the, the Republicans better do something and they better do it fast, correct? What what writes this tipping ship if uh, in this amount of time? Senator Perdue and Senator Loeffler have to come out tomorrow uh, asking the president to uh, uh, his new attorney general to back a special prosecutor to investigate the November 3rd election. They have to do okay. something dramatic to show Trump voters that they're going to fight for them. The other thing that they absolutely need to do without any any doubt at all is they have to demand that these, these mail-in ballots, the 1.5 million, they have to demand that the governor scrutinizes these and there's a, there's a signature match going in. You can't, we've already found out after November 3rd, you can't go back and get anything done. You have to do it coming in. Neither senator has done that. They've not called for anything except, hey, come vote for me, otherwise Schumer wins. Right now, that isn't enough. It's just so unbelievable. I mean, John, you know, a signature match shouldn't even be enough. It shouldn't be. It's so easy to forge a signature. And they aren't, and even when they do the signature matches, I've done them. Uh, I've worked, volunteered to help on many elections. Um, they're not particularly astringent on those things. I mean, if it's a really big contrast, you know, then maybe um, it goes into questioning and then there are judges and whatever. But it's, it, again, it, it, it just, the whole thing is just, it, this just, this is, this is such a sacred right. It should be protected by layers of identity and, and it should be a really, really special thing that we value and protect. And it's just so sad what's happened here. John, I appreciate you. And I appreciate that you come up with some solid answers as to what could change things. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Gina, for having me. Absolutely. Coming up, Senator Marsha Blackburn also working to stop the next deal in Georgia, where the runoffs are happening there. She would very much prefer to stay in the majority in the Senate. And she's going to be up next telling us all about it. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this.
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, as you know, the show is also a podcast in addition to being a television show. You can find the podcast at justthenews.com slash podcasts and everywhere else that good podcasts are distributed. And someone else who has a brand new podcast is my next guest, and I bet it's a good one. Senator Marsha Blackburn joins us now. Senator, so good to see you. I'm I'm happy to have you tonight. Welcome to the show, and Merry Christmas to you. And a Merry Christmas to you, and you're exactly right. I have a great podcast that is just launched. It's called Freedom Rings. Uh, You'll find it at freedomringspodcast.com or wherever you follow me on social media. But the thing was, there are so many happy warrior freedom fighters that are working with us to preserve freedom here in D.C. And I would be out and about around the state, and Gina, people would say, Marcia, tell me about some of the people that you're working with in D.C. And I thought, you know what? They have great stories. They have great lives. And people need to know who these freedom fighters are that are really working to help preserve liberty. So we've launched three episodes, and we start with Senator Rick Scott, who is out of Florida, Senator Kelly Loeffler, who's running for re-election in Georgia, and Representative-elect Nancy Mace, first woman to graduate from the Citadel out of South Carolina. So exciting. Well, you're donating, uh, donating, devoting, I'll get this word out, don't worry. You're (laughs) devoting a lot of, this is how people can tell that we really do this show, a lot of time on your podcast uh, to this Georgia Senate runoff that you mentioned. And uh, we've got to keep you in the majority, Senator. There are a lot of people worried that there will be shenanigans, and rightfully so. I think they have good reason to worry. Um, Suitcases full of ballots from underneath tables, stopping the vote count in the middle of the night. Senator, can you tell us this election is going to be up on the up and up? And if not, how can we convince people to get out there and give their valuable time to go vote and then perhaps have it stolen from them again? And uh, what people need to realize is, yes, indeed, it is imperative that they go vote. Senator Leffler and Senator Perdue need their vote. I was on the ground in Georgia last weekend. I'll be going back this weekend. And, Gina, there's a lot of enthusiasm. And here is what they're doing. They have people who are going to be there every step of the way that are watching how they audit these signatures and look to make certain that people that have been deceased for 12 years aren't voting in this election. So there are some tighter controls. And one of the things we have to realize is securing these elections, this is up to these local election commissions. It is up to these state legislatures because we don't have federal, federally controlled national elections. We have a 50-state election to elect our president, and all of our election law 
according to the Constitution, is set by our state legislatures and implemented by our cities and counties. Democrats registered 80,000 new voters, though, Senator, in one uh, month in Georgia. Actually, I think it was in a period of three weeks. It scares people. I know you work closely with the, the Georgia senators. Are their campaigns ready to have boots on the ground to observe everything that happens? I think they should have cameras in every polling place and demand. You know, if they won't let people in there, then have remote cameras in there overseeing every single a ballot that goes in every single box and for the whole 24-hour period during the count afterwards. What do you think about oh, that? Absolutely. And they are very rigorous in their plans for how they're going to handle that vote count. And they're also having a quite a rigorous schedule leading up to it. There are 1,000, get that, 1,000 field reps that are working on the ground in Georgia, knocking on doors, making certain that we get that vote to the polls and into the ballot boxes. Senator, we've been worried about the Chinese Communist Party and their influence over the Bidens, but now we see a leaked list of CCP members who have infiltrated American companies like Pfizer and like Boeing, big companies, also in the U.S. consulate in Shanghai. Senator, you're taking the China threat seriously as well as President Trump, but I don't see much help from many American politicians out there. What is it going to take to convince them that American sovereignty over China has got to be a priority? And I've been on this issue since 2005, looking at China's intellectual property violations, the way they pirate uh, different components of our economy, the way they reverse engineer our inventions, the way they cheat and lie and steal, and have really built a good bit of their economy by lying and cheating and stealing. So this is not something new, and it's one of the reasons that I was so drawn to President Trump's candidacy as a candidate, because he understood the threats of China and saw it as a global threat. Now, more people are jumping on the bandwagon and saying, we've got to do something about China. I really welcome that, and yes, indeed, we do. Getting in behind what happened with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Biden Incorporated in the Chinese Communist Party, looking at this investigation that now we find out has been going on for two full years on Hunter Biden and his relationship with the Chinese Communist Party and different Chinese companies. These are things we are going to continue to to work on. It's one of the reasons we have to make certain we hold the Senate in the January 5th runoffs. And, you know, are the, are the senators who are true patriots like you, um, are, are they taking a stand? Are they really helping with this Senate race? Are they really ready to fight for the president as the audience demanded of the two senators from Georgia at that rally last Saturday? I was there. I heard the whole thing. Um, are, are they really, I mean, are you seeing any sort of sea change in terms of, I just want to say guts uh, and the willingness to sort of yeah. man up among senators out there? Yes, and you know, it is imperative that we keep these investigations going to be certain that we preserve the one person, one vote rule. 
And there are things we can do at the federal level as far as oversight goes. But Gina, it is the state legislatures and these governors that are going to have to do the heavy lift. Now, I have said several times, if I were the governor of Georgia or the speaker yes. of the Georgia House or the lieutenant governor or the leader of the mm -hmm. Georgia Senate, I would have said we are going to have a special session. Yes. We're going to review our law. We are going to nail this down. We are not going to be a laughing stock in this country. We are going to clean this up and give and Senator, I wish they had. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, they had, I Senator. They're not doing it. I mean, if they're there Christmas Eve, they need to get themselves in there in session and That's take right. care of this so that people know it's a fair election. Absolutely. We have to leave it there, Senator. We're out of time, but thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget, subscribe to her podcast, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Thank you so much. Coming up, a member of Trump's, Trump's legal team. Stay where you are. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you are with us. Don't forget, if you are listening on the podcast, make sure you watch Dr. Gina Primetime every single night. Real America's Voice is the network, and we'd love to have you here at RAV TV to watch. And if you're watching on Real America's Voice, make sure you catch my podcast every day at Just the News. Com. The Electoral College vote has now taken place, and the headlines all over the legacy media say that Biden is officially the president. Of course, if you watch this show and you watch this network, you know that nothing is official yet, not until it's really official. But Trump supporters out there are wondering what exactly is next. And if I get one text about it today, I am telling you I get hundreds. Let's ask a member of President Trump's legal team who actually knows this stuff. Joe DeGeneva joins us now. Joe, Democrats say it's time to give up. Joe Biden is officially the president now that the electors have voted. But what do you say as a member of Trump's legal team? Well, the electors have met and in the states. They have cast their votes. Uh, and uh, they will be coming to Washington, those votes, on January the 6th when the Congress will meet to count them. Uh, but there are going to be several sets of electors' votes coming from different states, and it may very well be that there will be challenges in at least four of those states to the set of sets of electors that have been chosen for Joe Biden. So it's, it's not over yet, and there are challenges which are expected to be filed at that time. All right. And Joe, you know, today I had someone I'm close to, as I mentioned at the open of the show, who is uh, apparently watching the legacy news media. And I don't know how to help him other than uh, to answer his <laughs> questions here on the show. He asked me, where is all the evidence of vote fraud? He said, why hasn't Team Trump produced any evidence? And um, he made the point that he's read through the legal cases. Um, and my response is that other than video footage, data analysis, after affidavits signed by hundreds of witnesses, statistical impossibilities, 
whistleblowers, eyewitnesses, testimony, suitcases full of ballots, truckloads full of ballots being taken across state lines. The list goes on. And other than that, other than that, I can't think of anything, Joe, in terms of evidence. Um, but what can you say to my friend who says that, um, you know, he hasn't seen enough evidence produced? And specifically, I want to be fair here because I'm, I'm speaking in jest. He was saying that the legal suits that have been brought forth by Team Trump don't specifically mention the evidence. Um, and I'm going to let you just answer that question. Well, first of all, uh, apparently he needs a pair of glasses and a hearing aid. Uh, uh -oh. The bottom line <laughs> is that uh, all of the evidence has been laid out publicly in press conferences. It has been laid out legally in lawsuits. It has been laid out in testimony, testimony before state legislatures through committee hearings. Uh, there's been a stunning uh, amount of revelation. The Wisconsin Supreme Court, which ruled yesterday uh, four to three that it would not proceed, laid out huge amounts of evidence that were pre presented of illegal activity in Wisconsin in violation of the, of the Wisconsin Constitution and its statutes. Um, I, I, I think people that say that just aren't interested in, and, and I think they know they're not telling the truth when they say it. Uh, the evidence is damning and overwhelming for anybody who chooses to see it. I think some people just like to get under my skin sometimes, but I still think it's <laughs> an appropriate question to ask because the mainstream media does preach this all day, every day. And if you believe anything different from them, you are a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. So I like to go over it for those just who needed to sink in a little bit farther. Anyway, the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled today, uh, ruled rather, that the uh, state acted illegally by using the excuse of COVID to ignore voter ID rules. I think that was actually yesterday. I've, I've, the days are running together for me now, Joe. I don't even know what day it is. Um, that opens the door to challenging potentially tens of thousands of ballots in the state. Um, the current tally um, is that Biden leads by 20,000 votes, if I'm not mistaken. So what does this ruling mean in the big picture? We all cheered when the ruling came down, but now what? What does that ruling in Wisconsin mean going forward? Well, there are going to be challenges to various sets of votes in various counties, and there will be enough challenges to hope to reverse the election. And that can be done even though the votes have been certified. Uh, but but here's, here's the major point. Um, the, the administration uh, and the, the Trump campaign is focused on the state legislatures and their groups of electors that are going to Congress uh, on January the 6th through the ballots. And it's going to be up to the congressional delegations to challenge those. In the meantime, the litigation will continue in the states, in, in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Wisconsin, uh, and elsewhere. So all uh, action on all fronts and all forums and that's that's all you can do, given the given the cards that the president's been dealt. Joe, your team's been focused on the unconstitutional actions by state and local officials surrounding the correct. election process and the last minute changing of the election rules. But there are, are some you can is, are, are there some that you can comment on the analysis of the Dominion voting machines um, sure. that whole thing was released in Michigan, showed some mind-blowing problems, and I'm just wondering if you can comment on that. Well, um, what, what I have read, of course, as a result of the litigation uh, that we are engaged in in Antrim, Michigan, the report by the forensic auditor shows that the machines were structured in such a way 
that their failure rate on legitimately counting ballots was 68%. That means almost seven out of 10 ballots that were cast were not counted properly for the correct candidate. Now, how does that happen in a machine? Dominion is claiming that there's nothing wrong with its machines and its software. If that's the case, and I'm certainly w would love to see their uh, anal analysis of that, their technical analysis, the forensic auditors who, the, the report of which was released by the court, have made some stunning revelations. The Federal Election Commission says that you must have a failure rate of less than 1% to be certified as a correct voting system. This system showed a 68% failure rate. I mean, it's unheard of. No, nobody's ever seen anything like that. And this is the county, Antrim County, where 6,000 votes were flipped from Trump to Biden as a result of those glitches. So I don't think there's any doubt that, this, according to the, the analyst who did this, the system was designed to do this. It was designed to fail so that when you have a failure rate of 68%, those ballots are then removed and they are counted by supervisory personnel with nobody present. Well, who in the world ever heard of such a thing? That's a violation of state law to count without somebody present. So bottom line is the Antrim County data is extremely important and needs to be the subject of a further investigation and some uh, rejiggering re re of the votes. Well, uh, sufficient to turn the state back to President Trump. All right, you've known Bill Barr for a long time. I want you to tell us what you think of his exit right now. Should we read anything into the resignation? And should we expect any changes at DOJ with his exit? Well, it's the end of a presidential term. And assuming that the president continues on, there will be a new attorney general under President Trump. And so there would be no substantial changes. But Bill Barr has been a very good attorney general. I disagree with the people who have been critical of him. Uh, he knew exactly what was going on when he arrived. He didn't have the, the four years that he would have needed to turn the Department of Justice around. But he realized that the Mueller report was a disaster. He indicated so. He led to, he required a further investigation of the Mueller investigation. He has now set up a special counsel to continue that investigation, but also to continue the investigation into Crossfire Hurricane to see if American intelligence and law enforcement officials committed crimes and broke the law when they focused on candidate Trump and then and then President-elect Trump and then President Trump shortly after he took office. He had the Michael Flynn case analyzed and had it thrown out and dismissed. Uh, Bill Barr has been an exemplary attorney general. Uh, I, I know what the president is frustrated about. He's frustrated because he didn't get the kind of support he thought he deserved from the Department of Justice. And I think the president has every right in the world to feel that way. Uh, and, and he should feel that way, because just think of all this information about Hunter Biden had come out during the impeachment. And remember, these criminal investigations of Hunter Biden were ongoing. They started in 2018 and the impeachment was 2019. So I think it's a legitimate question for the president to ask, why wasn't that information presented, which directly refuted the impeachment charges against the president? And I think he was mm -hmm. let down terribly during that process. Uh, I don't know whose fault that is, whether it was Bill Barr's or somebody else's, but the president definitely 
was harmed by the failure to release that information about Hunter Biden. And now, isn't it interesting that all these news organizations that during the campaign didn't want to report anything about Hunter Biden are now reporting just they can't stop reporting about Hunter Biden and these okay. alleged investigations. So it's going to be fascinating to watch it. Joe DeGeneva, thank you so much for all of your hard work, that of you and your wife and the whole legal team. And thank you for being with us tonight. All right, you heard me talk earlier about my friend who believed there was no evidence of vote fraud, and that's partly because of social media censorship. I've been on Twitter for over 10 years now, and fewer people see my tweets today than ever before, even though my following has grown exponentially. The same happened on Facebook. I used a post to uh, question, uh, for, uh, question for my show to get viewer feedback, and I would get hundreds, sometimes even thousands, of responses. Now I'm lucky if I would get a dozen, even though my following has grown there as well. So, but luckily others are branching out and starting their own social media platforms like my next guest. He is the CEO of Cloud Hub, Jeff Brain. Good to see you. Jeff, social media censorship is pretty scary and bad as it's really ever been, but there doesn't seem to be much we can do about it other than people like you who have gone in and decided to change up the system. Tell us. Well, that's absolutely right, and, and thank you for having me. Yeah, the censorship has gotten much worse. You know, YouTube now is removing any discussion about election fraud, even though there's court cases all across the country. It's not a solved issue yet, right? The, Twitter's putting labels on every post, even posts the president puts out. So it's just gotten crazy, right. and we're seeing that every day. So. You know, I started CloudHub exactly for that reason, to provide people an alternative where they can speak their minds, share their information, and then the members can make up their own decision about what's right and what they believe. But even you, Jeff, haven't been above the censorship of uh, some of the big tech. Tell us about that. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, what most people don't realize is that big tech censorship is not just going after individuals. It's also going after other tech companies that don't subscribe to their political ideology. Last month, IBM, a company that we use to host our, our video content, actually took an, about a dozen channels, including Real America's Voice, off the air uh, from our platform uh, without even a warning. This was a direct contradiction to their obligations to us, but they did it anyway. You know, But CloudHub is dedicated to free speech and expression and we are actually building our own platform, so, you know, video hosting platform right now that we'll launch in a couple of weeks. At that point, we'll be untouchable and we can put our channels back up. Really, people want to be able to hear all sides of the issues. We saw our doctors talking about COVID treatments being removed, uh, their videos being removed. It's, it's just not right. And I, I guess I want to point out to our audience, I thought what was extremely respectful was that you immediately contacted me and said, um, your videos on my platform were removed, but undaunted, and this is what I thought was so cool about your platform in particular, undaunted, you said, I will remedy this. You weren't intimidated. I mean, a lot of people, you know, we were, we were one of, I believe, 50 that were originally taken down. And then I believe, I probably don't have these numbers right, but I believe they, they, they only permanently removed 14 of them. And a lot of folks, you know, Jeff, they may have just said, well, we can do without those 14 then. And it happens that Real America's Voice was one of them. You didn't say that. You said, I will create my own platform. I don't want you to worry about this. We'll be back up. You didn't take the easy road. You said, I'm not going to back down to big tech bullying. And I appreciate that from you. So I just wanted to thank you personally for that. 
You're, you're welcome. Yeah, we, we feel free speech is very important um, to a functioning you know, society and country. And uh, yeah. we have now built our own. And it'll, you know, like I said, once we have our own, uh, we'll get those channels back up, plus many more. You know, people from YouTube are lining up to come over to CloudHub. Uh, we're really excited about the future. It's a great place where people can see, watch content, videos, form groups, have dialogue, uh, and, and not have to worry about being censored. Absolutely. All right, Jeff Brain of Cloud Hub. Check them out and uh, contact me. I'm, I'm absolutely on there at Real Dr. Gina. Thanks so much for being with us tonight, Jeff. Coming up, what would you do to get a day off of work? Well, one man called in sick with COVID and now he is looking at jail time. Stick around. More Dr. Gina Prime Time right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Now, anybody who runs a business and has employees has heard every excuse in the book as to why their employee needs the day off. Grandma died again, or they have the flu for the third time, or the dog ate their shoes. Next, check out this story at cnsnews.com. Here's the headline. Man falsely claimed to have contracted COVID-19 and submitted a falsified medical record to his employer. Essentially, an Atlanta man called into work and said he had COVID, and then he made a fake doctor's note to get off of work. The owners of the company took steps to keep the other employees from getting it. They closed down, sent all of their workers home, hired a cleaning company, lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue, all thanks to this. And now, this guy's probably going to prison, all because he called into work and made up a story about being sick with the China virus. Here with me now to discuss someone who has never made up a story to get out of work, Ryan Gerdusky. Ryan, you would never do a thing like that. I know that, right? No, but in school, uh, my grandparents died like every year. All four of them died every single year to get out of school for a few days. So I've never done it for work, though, but for school, every close loved one of mine died at one point. Well, you know, and that does really happen in real life. So sometimes that is hard. All right, Ryan, Santa Claus still on the job, taking no sick days. There's no North Pole shutdown, thank goodness. But here's something that caused quite a stir on social media. A new advertisement by the UK's National Health Service shows Santa Claus sick with COVID. And Twitter is really giving them a hard time because kids might see this and be worried that St. Nick won't come this year. But this ad was meant to raise money for charity. So... Is it really that bad? Are people overreacting here, Ryan? I'm just glad that Santa Claus is white in the video because a black Santa Claus with COVID, I think, would have even caused even more big problems. And uh, no, I think it's, it's nonsense. I think that it is a. Um, I think that that this this is there and say that this is going to tell people not to use COVID. Unlike I don't know, 40 million different people sitting there saying don't get together because of COVID. Santa Claus now has to have COVID. I think this is one thing that they should kind of leave alone. Yeah. 
All right, Ryan, out in California, residents there are getting really tired of the governor and the COVID restrictions, a little bit like New York. The headline from justthenews.com reads like this. Newsom recall gains steam as Californians fume over Democrat governor's pandemic actions. Ryan, Newsom better be worried. It wouldn't be the first time a California governor is recalled, right? Right. No. And California is one of the few states that allows a recall. So good for them because they have that. They don't have to wait till the next election cycle, which is two years away. So, I mean, I feel bad for them. We don't have that in New York. I wish we did do against Cuomo because I would be collecting petitions right now rather than being on the show. I would make sure that he'd have to have some, some kind of recourse instead of waiting until 2022 when we would lose another thousand to two thousand businesses. All right, Ryan, hold on to something right now because it is time for our meme of the day. Now, today's meme of the day shows a man on a stretcher being loaded into an ambulance, and he asks the EMT if he is taking him to the hospital. The EMT replies, no, you need top medical experts. We are taking you to the comment section. Ryan, it is really true. I get all the best medical information from social media posts in the comments section of articles online now that all the experts uh, seem to say that we need to wear completely untested and unsanitary and nasty masks and we need to hide in our homes when that's largely unproven. If you know how to read data, you can tell that the experts might not be telling us the truth anymore. Well, people, people are, everyone's an expert in three things, politics, parenting, and their health. So everyone has an opinion that they think is correct. So, I mean, this is very true. This is a great meme. This is a great meme. All right, Ryan, you, uh, you hold on out there in New York and uh, have a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being with us. Merry Christmas. All right. And now it's time for doctor's orders. Got to get your prescription there. All right. Rumors abound. People everywhere enjoy believing things they know are not true. It spares them the ordeal of thinking for themselves and taking responsibility for what they know. That's a quote by Brooks Atkinson, which my husband says is a, was a communist. But anyway, that's beside the point. It's a great quote. Two weeks ago, a viral email, or a couple weeks ago, uh, went around about, a, about these watermarked ballots. Remember this? I couldn't believe how many people believed this and shared it, despite so many red flags that I saw. And I told everyone that I could that I didn't think it looked very real, but people really wanted to believe that the president had somehow watermarked all the ballots and this was all going to be proven to be false in this election somehow. So they passed it on without really knowing if it were true or not. Turns out it was created by the left to make the right look impulsive, gullible, and conspiratorial so that they could get their squawk boxes out and start reporting that the right was a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Now, last night, you'd think they'd learned the first time, but the last, last, last night an email went out saying um, it was from the desk of Jenna Ellis. And I knew something wasn't right when I read the first two sentences. I know Jenna. She's a friend of mine. She's been on the show many times. And I received the letter from a few friends in several different texts within a few minutes. And uh, it was already going viral on Facebook because it said things that conservatives wanted to believe. I texted Jenna and I told her it didn't look like something that I thought she would write. But I wanted to check before I discredited the letter. She, in fact, did not write it. And she was not happy about it at all. And she quickly made a post saying exactly that. Now, this morning, yet again, someone posted a tweet from a verified account saying that Assange had been pardoned. Also, not has not happened yet. Now, 
How irresponsible for someone to get ahead of the president on such a thing in the first place. That infuriates me. But here's my question, and here's the way to gauge these things. When have you known the president to pardon someone and not tweet about it? With a pardon as big as Assange, I can assure you the only verified count, account that you need to worry about is the president. Let's not fall victim to rumor and innuendo during these precarious times. Let's not believe things simply because we want to believe them. Conservatives, we are the ones who have demanded that people tell the truth and that we don't listen to fake news in place of unvarnished truth. Therefore, we should be the ones most carefully checking our facts before we push things out there or pass along emails or repost things. If something doesn't sound quite right or it's too good to be true, it probably is. If the president wants us to know it, he'll take lead and he'll tell us. This is the most transparent president probably ever. He doesn't keep secrets very often and if it needs to be known and put out there, he will find a way to make it known and put it out there. Think critically, be patient with the process we're in, don't repost stuff just because you wish it were true. Wait until you know before you tarnish your own credibility by passing along someone else's bad information and I don't care if they're verified. The left is planting things to make you look foolish. Ask tons of questions before you fall for something. And that's your doctor's orders for today. Thanks for joining me tonight and thank you to everyone here at your new home for Real News, the uncensored and undaunted Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.